Hello, everybody, and welcome to Inside the Man Box. I am Rick Fry. Homelessness is a worldwide crisis. The best data available suggests that more than 100 million people are without housing worldwide. It's estimated in 2020 that about 580,000 people are homeless in the United States. According to the Homeless Alliance in Oklahoma City, in 2020, there are 1,573 countable people experiencing homelessness. I would imagine that that number has increased significantly in the last couple of years. I went online to see how many churches there are to help homeless in this community. I found only 16 churches and organizations that offer help to people on the streets, and the majority of those are faith-based. Few have the knowledge, skill, and courage to boldly address homelessness. In this documentary, we'll focus on one ministry, Grace United Urban Ministries. Wayne and Donna Hines have dedicated their lives to this mission, bringing people together to demonstrate the grace and love of Christ in the urban core, changing the culture and communities through service, outreach, teaching, and modeling, revealing the power to live whole again. This is their story. Who is Wayne and Donna Hines? Or is it who are Wayne and Donna? If you're if you're trying to be grammatically correct, you got the wrong people here. Probably. Let's <laughs> start with you, Donna. Well, it starts with me when I was about six or seven years old. Um, Mother Audrey was her name um, in Lawton, Oklahoma. Uh, she was our babysitter, and she was a little Pentecostal lady that we'd go to church with. Uh, our little church was on 17th and Garfield in Lawton. And I would follow her around uh, wherever she went, and wonderful things would happen, really kind of crazy things would happen. Um, she would speak something, and she would say, God says we need to go over here, and so we'd go over there, and we'd be riding in her little station wagon, and wherever she went, that's where we went. Well, the really big thing that happened in Lawton um, on 2nd um, Street was where all the prostitutes hung out. And so mm. we went down there to talk to those ladies, and we had to call them ladies of the night. We really couldn't say prostitutes. We had to call them ladies of the night. But uh, we began. Ladies no, of the night. Oh, and, oh, and by the way, for those of you who don't know what a station wagon is, it's kind of like a minivan. Man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but shorter. But shorter. <laughs> I guess that's true. I'm really dating myself now. But anyway, uh, those ladies begin to come to church one by one. And so as they begin coming, uh, they begin changing. Their clothes change, their makeup change, and they were hanging out with us at the church. Uh, one of the things that I loved about being there, too, is we made fried pies and so that's where my love for cooking and baking came from also oh and we would make these fried pies and we'd sell them to Fort Sill Base we'd drive up one o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday and get rid of all our pies and that's how we kept our little church going but nevertheless the ladies got involved in that we made quilts we did all kinds of cool stuff but going to the street then 
is when I said, this is what I want to do because I saw God move. I saw people change and I just loved it. And I always said that she had adventures with God. And as I got older, I had my own children, uh, always stayed in church, but we were inside the church too much. And I always um, wanted more outreach. So that's when I said, I'm going back to the streets. So you felt this call at six years old. Yes, I loved it. Apparently, I was a little slow because I didn't <laughs> feel the call till I was 10, 11, 12. So. That's okay, honey. Well, it's a gender thing. <laughs> yeah, w- women mature faster, right? That's exactly right. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> well, at, at 10, 11, 12 uh, is when my father was going to uh, the ghetto streets of Milwaukee, bringing in uh, one and a second and a third and a fourth busload of children. And back then, safety deals were different. You could put four or five kids in a bus seat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, our, our all-white suburban upper-middle-class church suddenly had 300-plus 300, 300 uh, ghetto children uh, a very diverse, mixed uh, uh, ethnic background. Lots of lots of black children. Um, kids that uh, in the winter time had a had a short sleeve shirt and uh, flip flops, and in the summertime had a winter coat or a sweater or a sweatshirt. And nobody ever had breakfast mm. uh, when you filled out their little card. Uh, they knew their mom's name. They never knew their dad's name. But Uncle So-and-So was staying with them this week. Mm-hmm. Sort of sort of similar. And uh, so I started uh, uh, going down to Children's Church a couple Sundays a month and helping sit with kids and take them to the bathroom, help participate, learn how to, how to, how to behave and pay attention and snack times and, and whatnot. And so... Uh, the beginning of, of, of what we do, I always point to that season of my life where that was sewn into me. And then I remember being in youth camp, uh, church camp as a, as a teenager, uh, sometimes till 1, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, laying on the floor in the altar, uh, just, just meeting with God, wrestling sort of with the uh, call of God in my life. What, what do you want out of me, God? At twelve. At twelve. Okay. Uh, well, I started going to camp at twelve, but yeah. you know, later teenage years, uh, grappling with what God wanted out of me, and you know, uh, as is typical, a lot of times in that situation, you're, you know, God, if I say yes to you, does that mean I have to go be a missionary in Africa? Yeah. And. Uh, uh, the truth is, uh, yes, you have to go be a missionary. <laughs> yep, not necessarily. It may not be Africa, but yes, you're all. We're all called to be missionaries. Yes, indeed. And uh, so I, I remember explicitly, uh, uh, sixteen to twenty years of age. Uh, then at twenty, being a youth camp counselor, still at the altar wee hours of the morning. And, and But I understood one thing, what God had called me to while I was having difficulty figuring out if he was calling me to be a preacher. Uh, 
I knew God was calling me to heal people. Yes. I had a picture of me operating as a pastor that I didn't see till many years later. But it wasn't the pastor part that was important. It was the healing people that was important. And so I, I, I point to those two sections. Those, those are the two seasons that go together that really, that really got me where I'm at. And then when you blend our joining together in marriage and bringing our backgrounds and the call of God in our lives together, that created a, another season where we actually walk out what we do now. Wow. And how we met was in Shawnee. I had a state contract with youth services to take in boys that exited foster care because what happens is, what people may not be aware of, when you age out, there's nowhere for you to go. So one day you're in a foster care home. The next day you're at a homeless shelter. And you're 18. Wow. And so I began to see these trends as we were doing youth services and so forth and seeing those uh, young people that really had nowhere to go. And so I brought some people in to our home back then with my kids, you know, so I always had other kids at the house, several for dinner. But um, I've always taken in people, always taken in people.